What is up, guys? Welcome to the Dad Sports Pod. Today, we're not doing NFL picks like we usually do. This is an actual podcast-style podcast. Imagine that. Uh, we got Scotty and Ant here today, and we're going to brief football a little bit. You know, we already did our picks about that, uh, and then we're just going to go right into the NBA, maybe a little bit of what World Baseball Classic and Baseball, tiny bit of hockey, you know, a couple things. But here we go. Let's just... um. Let's talk about football. Let's talk about what's happened so far. Uh, if our Super Bowl picks are still alive, which I know one of, I don't think either of mine are. Um, so, Ant, your team is still in. Both of your teams are still in. Uh, what do you feel about the playoffs so far? Yeah, so all season long, I've been saying Eagles Chiefs Super Bowl, and that's still a very good possibility. Um, and my decision hasn't changed on that, so they're both playing elite football. I know the Mahomes injury is not very good. A high ankle sprain is probably something that's going to hold him back a bit, but I, I still think he's the best uh, quarterback in football, regardless of if he's strictly pocket or not, so I'll just say that. Scotty, what do you think? Uh... Joe Burrow looks like the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm just going to say it. He looks nasty. Um, The swagger the kid has. And Josh Allen looks like he might be a little overhyped. Nick Wright was actually talking about this. What do you guys think about this? In 2020, Josh Allen had this big coming out party. The next year, he actually regressed. And he regressed again this year. Are we just living on the hype that he built in 2020? Because it seems like every year is going to be the year he takes that next step. Well, I don't think his play style translates to winning much. Um, he gets thrown around a lot, and that might equivalent to a shorter career in the long term. Unless he's able to like change the way he plays, which, I mean, someone as talented and good as that. I'm not going to doubt that, but he's going to have to change his play style. And they're also going to have to get a legit run game. Their, their run game can't be him. And if they do that, I could see it. But I just don't see him ever winning. Plus, being in the AFC with Mahomes his whole career, that's going to be tough. And Burrow now, too. Yeah, it's like uh, Brady, Big Ben, and Peyton from the 2000s. We're, we're going to be seeing them every year this late. Yeah. What I do you don't think about uh, that, So I'm a huge, and I mean huge, Josh Allen fan. I, his size, his agility, the way he can run, the gun that he has, he has improved his accuracy of throwing. Because when he first came into the NFL, he had Zach Wilson accuracy, which means absolutely none. And he just looked awful. Um, but he has improved so much. And sometimes we forget that. It took Drew Brees and Peyton Manning and all these other quarterbacks years before they became the best quarterback in the game. Um, Tom Brady, as well, Tom Brady didn't start out like a god. Like, Tom Brady was a backup, and then he came in, and then he was, like, average, and then he was a game manager, and then he had that one big year. These quarterbacks take time. We're not, we don't, we're, we're in the era where we see Burrow and Mahomes, and they're automatically gods. That's not every quarterback. That's, like, a very rare case, and we're just thinking, like, oh, they're going to be great right away. Josh Allen still has some growing room, and when he does eventually get there, which he will, he's going to be a top three quarterback for years. Um, 
the thing is though he like he's regressed two straight years like he looked amazing two years ago two years ago he looked like the next thing right now he's fighting for being the third best quarterback in the AFC like he's in the debate for maybe second but I'm taking Burrow over him every time right now okay so Mahomes Burrow Allen top three quarterback who else is there in the AFC who's in the NFC that's better than Josh Allen well you just described Hurts when you described Josh Allen Josh Allen's better than Hurts right now though yeah, but it's the same thing as what you're saying. Like, I understand that, but if we're talking about who's going to be a better quarterback and who's a better quarterback now. Josh Allen is better than Hurts. So I said, who's better than Josh Allen? He's a top three quarterback in the NFL. Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen. I don't, there's like, I, there's no one else. There's a top three quarterback. And he has, and I'm saying he's going to get better. Hurts is also going to get better. I believe. We'll see what, you know, we'll see. And also, for, don't forget, the Jets hurt Josh Allen. Josh Allen's been playing hurt for a while. He's not going to talk about it because he's an actual man. He's not a crybaby. But the Jets hurt him. He didn't play that, and he almost didn't play the week after that as well. He was playing hurt. He was an MVP candidate for the first six, seven weeks, and then the Jets hurt him, and then he played worse. That's just what happened. All of a sudden, after, after that game, he started throwing picks. He looked bad. He started fumbling again. Again, to me, I'm going to attribute it to injury because I – Got to give him a little bit of an excuse just because, you know, he's my guy. But, I mean, like, it's Josh Allen. Like, the worst he's going to be in the top five. last year, too? Didn't he, like, start off an MVP candidate and then at the end of last year he fell off a bit, too? And then he had one of the greatest playoff games in the history of the NFL. Had he gotten the chance, like the rules are this year, he probably would have scored a touchdown again. And that game probably still would be going on versus Mahomes right now. But so that means that his biggest achievement is losing to Patrick Mahomes. Oh, now quarterbacks lose to teams now? Are we going to get into this? Yeah, I don't think you want to get into that conversation because he's not the one that lost that game. His defense gave up 42 points. But it's Mahomes' fault when he loses to the Bengals. Got it. Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? Pretty much everyone. But not me. I never once said that. I just said Joe Burrow's his daddy because, you know, kind of. No, but I'm just but saying, Glenn. So then what's, what's Josh Allen's, like, highlight of his career right now? He doesn't really have one. He's He's been an MVP-type quarterback, but when he gets to the playoffs, he chokes. Just like Lamar Jackson, just like Lamar Jackson. Just Lamar's like got an MVP. Okay. We're talking that's, about playoffs. That's a guys. nice I'm career comparing. highlight, though. You I'm know what I mean? Like, I'm just comparing but, what, what the highlights were. Like, There's so many great quarterbacks that never won a Super Bowl and choked in the playoffs every year. Dan Marino, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, never won a Super Bowl. I mean, you know, we do put so, too much emphasis on that. We do in every sport. It's so like how about this. What if Josh Allen goes his whole career without a Super Bowl or an MVP? He'd probably be. It's very light. Like it's a good chance he does. Philip Rivers. I mean, we'll see. Like I said, again, he's five years in or six years in, whatever it is. He's got he's got time. He's got time, and the Bills have a very good team. But they need to fix up that defense. People, People have people exactly. People have and made the point team. that we overrated not just Josh Allen, but the Buffalo Bills. We overrated that defense. We overrated that run game. We overrated the fact that they have Stephon Diggs, but Gabriel Davis, he's a nice number two, but you know, they don't have like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They don't have, you know, like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I you would know, take these... Diggs and Gabe Davis over Evans and Godwin right now. No shot. I think no, so. I would not. 
Evans and Godwin. If Brady wasn't such a bum that last year, they I think they still both had a thousand yards this year, didn't they? In a year where they weren't even that like great, they still had over a thousand yards each. And Godwin almost had a receptions record this year. That's because Brady likes to throw them little cheap slants to get his completions up. But re- regardless, if we just overrated the Bills is the problem. And Josh Allen is a part of that because we made him like he was the greatest quarterback ever. And he's not that we, we know that. But I'm still taking him over every single quarterback in the NFL going forward, except for Mahomes and Burrow. And the fact that we're saying that he's overrated when he's still the third best quarterback in the NFL, that just tells you how high we have this guy, how much, how talented we think he is. Because everyone else, what about Justin Herbert? How come no one's really talking about Justin Herbert and how overrated he is? We're talking about Josh Allen, who like... Well, we have been. <laughs> well, I know we are, because but I'm talking about like no one else is, but everyone's making this big thing about Josh Allen being so overrated, this and that, and it's like... No, Herbert's worse. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. Herbert's way over... No, people, I'm saying, just me and you are talking about Herbert. I haven't seen anyone in any threads like going off on Justin Herbert. It's all Josh Allen being overrated now. This is Allen's like Lamar Jackson. Standard. He's supposed to be an MVP type, whereas people see Herbert, they know what he is. He's not close to a top three quarterback, whereas Allen is, is right there. Well, but Josh Allen is a top three quarterback. We're saying he's overrated, but he did it. Josh Allen did exactly what he's supposed to do, be a top three quarterback. Justin Herbert, everyone in his rookie year, oh, my God, this kid's going to be so amazing. Top five quarterback. He can't regress. Who can't regress? He can only get better. That's what we heard. Yeah, right. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, but, yeah, um, I think I had Bills versus Cowboys in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's not obvious. That's not happening. Um, Maybe we just got... I think I had Chiefs Cowboys for our playoff pick. Yeah, and Ann had obviously. I had Chiefs Cowboys because I didn't want to be Chiefs Forty Nine ers, so I took Chiefs Cowboys. I think. Yeah, I I honestly believe it's going to be the Forty Nine ers and the. You know, Mahomes' injury is huge. He that's huge for him to be injured like that. That's that's not something you can recover from in a week, and not in a playoff game, and not in the cold. That's 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 painful. That's not, you know, I'm going to have to lean. If if Mahomes was healthy, I would take because Mahomes is pissed. Mahomes is sick and tired of hearing about this Joe Burrow thing. He is Mahomes is everyone's like, oh, he's such a nice guy. Mahomes has an ego. He wants to be the best quarterback in the NFL. And he is. But he doesn't want this other guy that's up and coming to beat him. You know what I'm saying? So like he hates going home and getting yelled at by his wife. And his and just to see his brother posting about him on Instagram or whatever. But um, if Mahomes was 100% 100% healthy and didn't get hurt, I would take the Chiefs. But I'm now I'm going to have to lean a little tiny bit uh, towards the Bengals and go with the Bengals versus the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to go Bengals 49ers too. And Ant, we know what Ant has. He's not going to change his mind. Why would he? he, he I mean, he's, he could possibly He's the right. only one that's still alive. Right, exactly. But okay, um, did you want to talk quickly about for agency quarterbacks i know we, we spend more time than we wanted to on nfl but it's a pot that's that's something that's definitely something we could do we could do the qb carousel i'll name some qbs you guys tell me where they play next year okay so first up we're gonna start with tom brady and where's he playing next year he is retiring may pull a farve again but i don't know i think he retires what do you think, Glenn? You know what? So, Ant kind of gave me an idea. I if if he starts the year, I would say 
that he would wind up a Raider. I would say, like, if, if the season, like, the, they trade Derek Carr, they don't get a quarterback back, or they release him, whatever the case may be, and then Tom Brady goes to Oakland, or Las Vegas, I'm sorry. But, and gave me an idea. If Tom Brady was smart, he would sit out. He don't retire. He just sits out and then waits, just like Gronk did that one year. Wait. Be healthy in week nine and see, like, if a team has an injury or if a really good team is struggling with a quarterback somehow. Like, the Jets were 7-4. and four, Really needed a quarterback. If Tom Brady was on the free agent market, no, I don't want him. I can't stand that bump. But a team like the Jets, who was 7-4 and four, but their quarterback sucks ass, you go and call Tom Brady. Let's go. You know what I mean? So that would be a perfect situation for him where he, where he, then he'll, then he can just play half a season and then he plays when he's money, which is the playoffs. So, um, that would be a perfect opportunity for him. So I'm going to say that's what he does. He sits out, he relaxes for a little bit. He doesn't go through training camp because he never really likes to do that. Uh, he sits back and he watches, probably goes on TV a couple of times, does a couple of, you know, shows. And then he comes in like mid season to a team that needs a quarterback. So I think we're going to get news here this offseason that Tua is done. And I think Brady's going to finally end up in Miami so he can throw those screen passes to those little speedy, speedy guys, uh, Tyreek and um, Waddle. Don't forget Mostert. Most like the fastest back. In the right. Like, and Jeff Wilson's a good running back. Mike Jacek, he's not a bad tight end. I think, I think he's going to end up in Miami. Next up, we got Derek Carr. I see him in Indianapolis. I don't know why, but I feel like they're just running quarterback for like the last five years. So he's the one I see going there. I am 50-50 that either Carr or Lamar Jackson will be a Jet. Because the Jets are the only team that has said we're going to go out and spend $45 million on a quarterback. That is from the GM's own mouth. They have $45 million to upgrade a quarterback. They have told every source or whatever you can that's the thing out there they've already said it it's got to be Carr or Lamar Jackson there is no one else out there we can get for that Aaron Rodgers but I don't know if I really want Rodgers Carr or Lamar Jackson one of them will be a Jet I think it's going to be Carr um so that's who I'm going with. I say Carr winds up on the Jets I think Carr is going to go to Seattle and I think that they're going to make him the new system uh I think he's going to take a pay cut to go to Seattle too Next up, let's go with Geno Smith. Where is he going to play next year? So, Geno, I have him going back to Seattle. Um, I think he's well-respected in the locker room there. I think Pete Carroll likes him. Um, He is demanding a lot of money, and I don't know if the Seahawks are going to pay it, but I don't think any team does. So I think he just goes back to Seattle. Whether it's a franchise tag or not, I don't know, but I think he winds up back there. Yeah, I agree. He wants it. Seattle would be stupid not to bring Geno Smith back. They would be absolutely stupid, especially if they go get Carr, like you said. Why? Just just take the guy you know performed for the team already. The Seahawks were projected to win four or five games this year. They made the playoffs. I, you got you got to give the guy another shot. Now again, like Ann said, whether if it's the franchise tag or they give him like two years so they can wait for another college quarterback to draft in a year or two. That's, you know, another thing. But Geno Smith has to go back to Seattle, in my opinion. I think he ends up in Carolina. I think they offer him a chunk of money. Um, and I still think they draft a quarterback. So basically, Geno's going to be the bridge guy. Next up, we'll just go Aaron Rodgers. 
I think he retires. I think he goes a long time without being like without the cameras on him, just doing his own thing. But then he's gonna reappear on like part of my take or something, join like one of those branding media pages where that's probably what's best. Yeah, he can make like a post football career out of that and he would be great. He would I think he would be amazing with that. So I think he's gonna be like one of those uh just like football like shit talkers like them. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to the Tennessee Titan to team up with Derrick Henry. But one condition has to happen. The Titans have to go get a wide receiver. They have to. If they don't get a wide receiver before they sign Aaron Rodgers, because that's probably what's going to happen. There's going to be a thing where it's like the Titans have to set up before Rodgers goes there. Rodgers is not going through a rebuild. He's already said that. The Titans probably are going to have to. not to trade A.J. Brown then. I know that's that was such a stupid trade, but um, they're gonna have to go get like maybe if Devontae yeah, Andre Hopkins, Andre Hop, yeah, something like that. If they if you see them make that move, Aaron Rodgers is one hundred percent going to the Titans. If you don't, then you know, I I honestly don't know. I think the Titans or the 49ers are the only two logical options. Maybe Tampa. Maybe if Brady does retire, Rodgers is like, hey, let me try to bring that team. Let me play with Godwin and and Evans and Four, Fournette and White and see what happens. You know what I mean? So I'm going to say Tampa or the Titans. I've got Rodgers going to the Raiders, teaming back up with Devontae Adams. And I think Sean Payton is going to be the coach there. I think they're going to have a little trio there. And let's go with our boy, Mitch's boy, Danny Dimes. So he's going to wind up back in New York. Um, He's one of those quarterbacks. And I think Dak is the same way where – they're good enough to keep their job, but they're not good enough to be viewed as like a legit threat. Like they're not on the Holmes, Burrow, uh, Hertz level. But I think they're good at like Danny Dimes, he this was his year to prove it, and he cut down on the turnovers, which was his biggest issue, and helped lead them to the playoffs. So I think he has earned another contract. In New York, at least. I also think Brian Dable likes him, too. So, I'm going to have him stay in there. Okay. I don't want to go with the Giants because it's obvious. I am, I'm going to say that I do think that he goes to the Giants. However, I'm going to throw the twist of the offseason. Daniel Jones goes to the Washington Commanders. Uh, they are looking for a quarterback. They are going to spend on a quarterback. They are sick and tired of not having one. I think that what's going to happen is the Giants and Daniel James Jones is going to go to them and say, listen, you can't franchise tag me because you got to franchise Saquon Barkley. You can't use two. I, I believe you can't use two. So they're going to say you can't. And they also renegotiated or something where they couldn't franchise it. The Giants cannot franchise Daniel Jones no matter what, regardless. So they're going to have to give him 35 to $40 million. I don't think the Giants are comfortable with doing that, even though he had a really good year. Did you see what he did against the Eagles? Finally, he faced a really good defense, a really good team, and they destroyed him and made him look like a bum? Because that's the real Daniel Jones, in my opinion. I don't think Daniel Jones is that good. I think the turnovers went down, which is great. He didn't turn the ball over, so he looked a lot better. But when you actually look at the stats, Daniel Jones was not a top-10 quarterback, barely top 15 if you even put him there. So you're going to pay $35, $40 million for for the 16, 15 best quarterback in the NFL? 
and that's on a good year? I don't think so. But Washington is desperate enough, and it's a good little rivalry thing to go get him. So I'm going to say Washington signs him, and the Giants are going to have to draft one, or they're going to have to get some kind of veteran to, uh, you know, right the ship until they can do something. Yeah, so um, I think Daniel Jones is going to be a Titan. I think it, he's going to be Ryan Tannehill 2.0 basically down there. He's okay. He's not great. He's not bad. He's okay. And then we can't really talk about the quarterback stuff unless we talk about Lamar Jackson. What's going to happen with Lamar? And what do you got? Uh, see, this is one that's so up in the air. I just have no idea. But I do not think he's going back to Baltimore. So with that being said, I think I kind of think he ends up being a Raider. I think they're going to try and make a splash there. Uh, they've shown they're sick and tired of a mediocre quarterback in car. They're going to want to upgrade into something. They're not going to want to draft the quarterback first round and go with him and essentially start all over again. No, they're not at that stage. They have a guy like Devontae Adams. They have Renfro. They have Darren Waller. I think they're going to want to do something, and I think Lamar is their best chance, so I say he's going there. I think the Raiders are blowing it up. Um, I know they're playing in Las Vegas now, so it's like really hard to do that because the NFL has to sell that market, right? They can't let them go full rebuild. You, know, you can't just go full rebuild, but Carr is definitely gone. They're going to have to find a quarterback. I don't know if they re-sign Josh Jacobs because he's going to want a lot of money. I don't know what the Raiders are going to do. So, like, I think it makes sense if Devontae Adams stays, if Waller stays, if Jacobs stays. I think they do have to go get a Lamar Jackson or someone big because it's Las Vegas. You have to, you have to sell that market. Um, like I said, I either think he becomes a Jet, or I think I know he put that picture of him in Washington. I just, I, and I said they're going to go to Daniel Jones and Jones and Lamar are kind of the same kind of running quarterback, but obviously Lamar is ten times you know more prevalent at it. I just. I, I agree. I don't think I don't see him back in Baltimore. I, I'm just I'm just gonna go Jets, or I'm gonna go with. Does he go to Carolina? Like I don't think so. I I don't know, man. Honestly, I, I'm I'm st- he I'm would stumped. he would look like a beast in that teal and black though. Like he would look I, like I, a Madden creative player. You know, play the same style that Cam Newton used to play. Like I feel like they can do that. Um, yeah, I, Carolina or the Jets. That's that's the only thing I got. I don't I don't really have anything else. So for that same reason you're taking Carolina, that's why I'm taking the Giants. The Giants have Saquon. I think they're going to bring Saquon back. I think they're going to break the bank this offseason. Lamar and Saquon, and I think they're going to try and make a trade for DeAndre Hopkins and get a big three going right there. That would be it. And you have to be good in that division now. That division went from crap to the top. So the Giants have to compete. Daniel Jones showed that they can win games with a quarterback like that put Lamar Jackson in there, it's even better. So I got him going to the Giants. If he doesn't go to the Giants, I could see Carolina being a good fit, though, Um, especially if they hire a coach that wants to continue running that fast-paced offense. But do we want to get right to the NBA now? One more. Let Let me throw one more at you guys. Okay. Baker Mayfield. Denny's. Yeah, no. 
I think he's going to be a backup somewhere, but it's going to be like an injury replacement type thing where it was like that for the Rams this year. He's just going to get an opportunity just because there's no one else, and he has legit NFL experience compared to some of the guys we see getting thrown into games. So I think that will go a long way, but I think his career he ends up as like primarily a backup unless he has like a Ryan Tannehill-type resurgence to where he was a backup. He got the opportunity, and he didn't look back. Well, I guess... That might be coming to an end for Tannehill, but he had a solid run. He got paid off of it. I think there's a chance that could happen with Baker, but if not, he's just going to ride the bench until he sees an opportunity. So mine's going to be the long play. I think Baker's going to go to the Raiders and be a backup quarterback for Aaron Rodgers. He'll sit there for two years and basically just get paid to learn from Aaron Rodgers. And then Sean Payton's the coach there, I said. Who was Baker Mayfield? Who was one of his big comparisons coming out of college? Drew Brees. I think it makes sense. So I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with the, the storybook finish for Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's going to be great, but I think he becomes something where you can use him to run an offense consistently. I am going to throw the second biggest storyline of you know, a quarterback carousel in the NFL. Lamar Jackson leaves Baltimore. Baker Mayfield goes back to the AFC North and destroys, has an amazing year. The Ravens win the division over the Bengals. Baker Mayfield throws for 35 touchdowns and has nine interceptions and has one of the biggest comeback stories in the history of the NFL for the Baltimore Ravens when they lose Lamar Jackson. Um, He knows that division. He had a great year in that division. The Steelers defense, the Bengals defense, he did well versus all of them. I know it's a little bit different now, but wherever Baker Mayfield goes, this is his shot. Like, if he doesn't have a good year now, he is going to be a career backup, or he might be out of the NFL in 10 years, Mitch and uh, Zach. Um, That's what's going to happen. This is the year he has to shine, and I think he either goes there or he goes to New Orleans. I I think they're done with Andy Dalton. They're never going to win with him. Jameis Winston's not going to do anything there. He obviously had the chance this year, didn't, and Taysom Hill's not a starting quarterback. So it's either going to be New Orleans or Baltimore, and I think he balls out for either of those teams. All right. We have to move it to NBA now. Yep, to NBA. I'll just say the award, um, and then just give me your guy. So we're going to start with the MVP, Ant. Uh, I think it's the, like, as of right now, you got to go Jokic. Um. He's having another undeniable season. Um, it does depend where they finish, but it looks like they're going to be a top two, three team in the West. So I think he just kind of runs away with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, I mean, it has to be Jokic, right? <clears throat> like, he's just, he's too good. Like, it, no one can, can he's just, for a big man to shoot like he shoots, to pass like he passes, to score like he scores, his defense is obviously not there. But it's just he's just unreal. He's just just unreal. I I gotta give it to Jokic. Um, Embiid should get a lot of consideration though, but you know, we'll we'll see. Yeah, it's Jokic. Um, Luca would be my runner up, and then probably right now. There's just there's six guys that it could go to in any order. And then any given night, you can switch your order. But Jokic at the top right now. 
Uh, rookie of the year. Uh, I think Bancara wins it. Uh, I know the Magic aren't very good, but I don't know if you've looked at his numbers, but whew, for a rookie, I don't know if we've seen a rookie put up these numbers in a long time, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah, that was my pick preseason. That's every, I mean, pretty much 80% of America picked, picked him. So, I mean, yeah, he's, he's the rookie of the year. I'm going to take Matherin because I think the Pacers are going to sneak into a play-in game, and I think he's going to be a big reason for it. He's been balling out, and that was your preseason pick, and he looks good. He yeah, looks like a young. He, he looks like a young Dwayne Wade. He doesn't get the opportunity, you know, being like the the fourth, fifth option on the team versus Bancaro being the first. So, and he's averaging what like two and a half points less. Yeah, and he's coming off the bench, but that's man, probably- yeah why he's not going to win it because he, he doesn't get the opportunity plus he plays in indiana i know orlando's kind of the same way but the those numbers, are the two teams with the most most improved player awards oh yeah they 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 won back to back like four or five times they like, got five each i think yeah and they were all back to back like the magic player won and then the very next year the pacers did every time yep. yeah yeah all right, but what about Defensive Player of the Year? So this, I'm going to give two answers, and there's a reason why. It all depends on how they want to vote. I think Mikhail Bridges should win it just because he consistently plays every game. He consistently leads the league in minutes. He, The Suns have a top perimeter defense in basketball, even though they're not as good because of the injuries. But he's really been the guy that's been, like, asked to shut down people. And he's been very good at it, per usual. The numbers, the shooting splits the uh, opposing best players have when guarded by him are pretty much defensive player of the year worthy. However, the voters might look at it as we're, we're looking at the biggest impact, whereas if you're playing the whole game, it's not as much as, like, a small, big impact. So that's Jaron Jackson, who missed a good portion of the beginning of the year. But the way he's been playing defense, I I think he sh- if he played every game, he would be runaway winner. But they might hold that against him. Yeah, Jaron Jackson, on, when he's on the court playing defense, there's no one in the NBA better right now. There's not. And I know that's crazy. You know, we still have guys like Kawhi and Giannis and these guys playing defense. But. When Jaron Jackson's on that court, nobody is a better defender than him. He is an old-school defender. I love watch, I love it. I honestly love it. However, I, I agree with Ant when he said that the NBA might overlook it because he's not on the—you know, he didn't play every day. He was out a little bit. I'm going to go with Nick Claxton of the Nets. Without Nick Claxton on the Nets, they are not even close as good as they are. Forget KD. Forget Kyrie. Claxton is the guy who's been— locking down down there like he's been he's an unreal defensive player him and brooke lopez you know lopez has been blocking crazy shots this year i never would have expected him to just dominate like he is with that but i'm gonna go nick claxton um you know just because of the jackson but if, if he plays for the rest of the year and on the court all the time it's gonna be Darren jackson but i'll throw nick claxton as my little underdog nick is actually my pick also uh he can defend anyone on the court at any time he's so versatile just wish he could make some free throws when it matters. Ugh. What about sixth man of the year? So sixth man's going to be tough. Uh, 
I don't really know if there's a clear runaway guy right now. Um, I'm just going to go Ben Matherin because he's been having an unbelievable season off the bench. I know he's a rookie, but like. Do you think he gets that vote because he doesn't get the rookie of the year for not being in the spotlight? He could, but like I'm trying to think of all the other potential candidates right now, and I can't. Kind of really... like the the Zeke and Dak for offensive rookie of the year or whatever, and offensive player of the year. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they they just give the rookie of the year to the quarterback, and then player of the year to any other position. Right. But, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, do you think yeah. they kind of split it? Yeah, but like I don't think that's why. I think he just might actually be the best guy off the bench this year so far. We all had. Think Christian Wood to start the year, and he was balling early on. He was, I think he's hurt now. So, depending on when he comes back, he actually started some games too. So, it was like, it might be hard to give him that now. Um, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go Emmanuel quickly. I'm just going to do it off the bench this year. If you look at his stats, he averages 19 points a game. It, again, this is per like, I think I said uh, 28 or 30 minutes. 19 points a game, five assists, 38% from three. He's been – I don't know if anyone's averaging 20 points off the bench. Like, I mean, I know there is guys doing that. I'm just saying, like, I can't think of it right now. And because he's a Nick and I'm just going to be a little biased and I can't go Christian Wood, I'm going to go Emmanuel quickly. So my preseason pick was Malcolm Brogdon. I'm going Russell Westbrook for sixth man of the year. He has been balling out. He's averaging, like, 16, 6-6 six and six off the bench. Um, and he's taking the role as six man seriously. It's not him trying to force everything. He's basically taking it as he's the leader of the second unit. He looks good. So I'm going to go Russell Westbrook. Next up, we got coach of the year. Uh, coach of the year. I could see going a bunch of different ways. Uh, Missoula from the Celtics, uh, just like all the stuff they've been going through but I'm gonna actually pick Jacques Vaughn because he got thrown into such a bad situation and literally only did amazing with the Nets and brought them to where they're at right now and I think they finished the season strong I don't know if there's like a games coach cap or minimum to being qualified for it like uh, Rob Thompson not qualifying for manager of the year it might be like that but if not, I'm going to pick Jacques Vaughn. You know, if you asked me three weeks ago, I would have picked Willie Green. The Pelicans coming out of nowhere, being the one seed, whatever. Like, are you kidding me? That was insc- But Zion got hurt, and they went back to, like, how they are. Plus, I can't give it to him. I know Scotty's probably going to agree with me now, since it's not Willie Green. Probably Mike Brown for the Kings. Um, if they make the playoffs, you don't have a choice. You have to give it to him. They can't. If that team, and I'm talking about, like, not playing. I'm talking about playoff. If they finish a top six seed, you do not have a choice but to give Mike Brown coach of the year. Yeah, Mike Brown is my pick, too. Uh, I think it's, honestly, runaway Mike Brown also. I don't think it's close. Sacramento's, that city is on fire right now. Um, They're always good fans, too. So it's cool to see Sacramento have something to look forward to. Sabonis and Fox are a nasty duo, so... But yeah, and then the last one would be most improved player of the year. So my original pick was Taylor Horton Tucker, and that was How's only that going? 
the Jazz, and I expected him to be like the main guy. But I'm going to go with their actual main guy, and Laurie Markkinen. Um, I think it's close between him and uh, SGA. But he might get the John Morant treatment to where he was already an established player. He just took the next step, so it might be held against him. Whereas Markkinen just kind of came out. Well, John no- Morant won it, though. Oh, he won it? Yeah, and then he gave it to Desmond Bain. Oh, well, you know what I mean then. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it could go SGA, but he, like, was already an established player. He just took the next step. I think whereas Markinen, it's like, look what he's doing with the Jazz as, like, their leader. The Jazz were expected to be a bottom three team in the NBA. Well, no, they're still fighting for a playoff spot behind his 24 and 8. So I'm going to pick him. I think Ant hit the nail on the head with a couple things. The first one was SGA. Definitely, like, it's weird because I agree with Ant that you can't give it to SGA because he was already, like, a really good player. That's like saying, like, oh, LeBron only had 22 points one year, but now he's got 28. He's the most improved. Well, it's when you're already great to be even, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard to give that. So I'm going to go with the bias pick, and I'm going to go Jalen Brunson from averaging 11 points last year to averaging 20 points this year. And, again, he's actually playing, so he's getting more time to do so. But he has been an absolute stud for the New York Knicks. And nobody comes to the Knicks and does really well, you know, as, especially as a point guard like Jalen Brunson's is doing. It's unbelievable. He's doing it in New York. The Knicks are a, a, the sixth seed right now, the seventh seed, whatever it is, 25 and 23. Um, they said he would be really good without Luka. A lot of people didn't agree. He's really good without Luka, so I'm going to give it to Jalen Brunson. But Laurie Markkinen probably wins it. He's just insane this year. Yeah, so uh, my preseason pick was Laurie Markkinen. Um, I'm going to stick with Laurie. Uh, and gave credit to SGA. I'm going to throw some credit to Tyrese Halliburton, too. He's been nasty in Indiana. He's just a machine. I know he's hurt now, but kid's good. Real good. Did you know he's he's at, he's 20 points a game, 10 assists a game, and I think he's like 40% from three. 40% yeah, and he's got the three. ugly jumper by his ear, too. Incredible. Incredible. He's He's real good. And he went to college at Iowa State with Brock Purdy. Wally Zerbiak's a moron, by the way, for saying. Yeah, Wally Zerbiak's an idiot. <laughs> but um, next thing we'll do, um, so I'm going to, we'll do it, we'll do two teams each. I'm going to give each of you guys a random team. You tell me if they are buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. So, Ant, your first team's going to be the Washington Wizards. Well, I think they've already shown they're selling. They, they gave up Rui. Bradley Beal's been dealing with a hamstring injury, and it, hasn't seemed good at all he's missed like the last 15 games or like played in one of them i think they're gonna ship off kuzma next maybe porzingis but they said kuzma's untouchable i'll believe it when i see it so i'm gonna say they're sellers okay and what's something that you see them doing um i think i think a team that needs like a guy down low is going to trade for Porzingis. So I think they're going to try and get maybe a lottery first rounder for him, but I don't know if they'll be able to. And probably just like a contract to eat up in return. 
Okay. And just what team, if you had to pick a team, would he go to? So I'm trying to think of, like, the teams that need that, that are competitive. Um, it's tough. Honestly, Glenn's going to hate this, but I think the Knicks could go back for him. All right. Glenn, your team is the Chicago Bulls. Oof. Um, if I was them, I would sell. It's not going to work. The Rosen and Levine are not going to win together. I would trade Zach Levine. I would because you can get a good amount of picks for him. If Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell are getting five picks each, you can get three really high picks for Zach Levine and maybe a player to fill in for his spot right away. Um, the Bulls are not going to do anything in the playoffs this year, even if they make it, which they're probably not even going to make the playing game, if we're being honest. They might, they might slide into that 10 spot. Um, but yeah, they're just, they got to sell. They got to, they got to blow it up. All right. So with mine, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so the Hawks obviously started off hot. Trey Young and coach McMillan do not like each other. I do think they keep the band together for the most part. I think Collins gets moved. I think he goes to a team looking to unload a good player. Who's almost looking to tank. So I would guess a team uh, who's a team that's like struggling right now that just can go lower with a good player. Actually, someone like Utah. I could see Utah. What's that? The Hornets. The Hornets is a good one, actually. Yeah. So I could see the Hornets giving up, you know, where the Hornets are going to give up picks, though. I'm going to go Utah and I'm going to say like Colin Sexton to be a backup point guard, be your sixth man. Um, maybe THT Ant's best player in the NBA. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> uh, Ant, your next team is going to be... We're going to go with... Let's go with the Mavericks. Uh, I think the Mavs are like looking to go all in, and they probably will every year around this time, as long as Luke is around. So... I think they need to add just, like, a wing guy that does it all. So, like, some of the load, especially defensively, is taken off Luka because he gets targeted a lot on defense, which is understandable. But I think that would help. And just a guy that can play into, like, the 3 and D, like, spot-up shooter role. Because Tim Hardaway sucks. I do think they trade him, but that's not really selling. I, I do think they're going to add, like, another, like, potential wing that's, like, good and on the move. Maybe, like, a Levine. That'd be that'd be pretty nice, actually. Yeah, I, I'll say that's going to be their move. They, they get Levine. I don't know what okay. the team is, but, yeah. Glenn, your next team is the Portland Trailblazers. They're in a weird spot um, because they're probably going to make it to the playoffs or playing whatever it may be, but they're not going to do anything. Um, they're the Wizards of the e- or the West. Like, Dame, Dame has ruined himself by talking so much. If, if I'm Dame Lillard, I would just be like, my heart is in Portland, but if we don't go get you know, like, I don't know, 
like make Chris Porzingis or something like that. If they don't go make a move, there's no way Dame could just stay there just to stay there. Or or and I understand that we're we're people that are like, oh, it's great to be loyal. It is, but if you're loyal to a team that's never gonna win, it just means that you don't care about winning. You more care about being loyal, which is fine, but does Dame Lillard want his legacy to be he was never a winner, but he was a loyal guy? Like, I don't know, man. If I if I was the Portland Trailblazers, I tell Dame, let's go trade you to a winner. Let's go get you somewhere where you can win a championship because it's not going to be here. It's just not. We're not even selling that many tickets for you to even like. You know what I mean? He's not. He's not moving the needle for ratings or or tickets for Portland. So I don't know, man. It's weird situation they're in because they're always going to be that team that's like, oh, they're playing Portland. Portland has a chance, but they really don't. They don't have a chance to win a championship. So they're in a weird spot. I really can't even answer that. I don't know. I think they have to buy someone if they want to be taken seriously, but I don't think they do. So they're like the Eagles last year. Yeah, that's a good comparison that they were, you know. But the but the thing is, the Eagles last year weren't expected to, like, make the playoffs. They went on a huge run last year to end the year. They won, what, the last five or six games to get in? Yeah, but realistically and most importantly, logically, they had no shot. <laughs> Just like the Trailblazers. So my team is going to be the Toronto Raptors. I think they go all in on Siakam and Barnes. I think everyone else is fully available, and I think they will make quite a few moves. Um, I think Van Vliet gets dealt. I don't have a good idea of where. Um, Maybe they swap Van Vliet for like a D'Angelo Russell just to see if it works. Because they're not doing anything right now. We know they're not going to win. They're going to be solid. But Siakam and Barnes is a nice duo to build around. And I think Flynn would be the other piece they keep. I like him. I think he is a good scoring point guard. Just got to get him the minutes. So I think they are going to move, but try and move to slightly improve instead of sell. But I'm gonna, you guys yeah, have any? I'm gonna, have, yeah, I'm going to say one thing. Um, the Knicks are going to make moves. I don't know if it's moves to try to compete or if it's moves to clear up some roster or whatever, because Cam Reddish will be traded. I thought Cam Reddish for Kendrick Nunn was going to happen with the Lakers, and then today, you know, obviously they did it for Rui. Um, Cam Reddish will be dealt. Evan Fournier will be dealt. Um, Obi Toppin, there's a very real possibility he's dealt. The Pacers love him. Maybe we can do something with them. The Knicks will be making moves, but I don't know if it's going to be a move that's going to improve them to make them a contender, or if it's just a move to make a move to help that bench that Tibbs won't use anyway. So I don't know. But the Knicks will make like two or three moves, and I guarantee that. I could see the Knicks, like Ant said, going for KP. I could see him offering the worst of the two picks they'll have in the first round this year, so theirs, and then Mitchell Robinson or uh, Jericho Sims with it. I wouldn't mind KP. Ant said I would be pissed about it. I wouldn't be pissed about it because when KP is healthy – He's still a very good player. He's not what he was when he was on the Knicks, but he's still a very good player when he's healthy and playing. He still can shoot that three ball. He's still and you know what? KP's defense is not the worst. He's like lengthy and and he like he gets in the way of guys. He's not a like a um, you know, a hand, you know, he's not a hand guy, but he'll stay in front of you and and, and force a nice make you to make a nice shot. So And Edwards said he was the best rim protector he's ever played against. Really? That's 
wow. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, his defense is not – so, like, I like KP. I think KP I, – I hate the way he left New York, but it'll be a good story. You bring him back, maybe sign Carmelo Anthony off the bench. Like, I don't know. The Knicks could do a couple things if they really want to, but I think Leon Rose is probably the worst GM in the freaking league, and I really can't stand him. So. Nice. Do you guys have anything else NBA you want to talk about? Um, I know we've got like LeBron coming up on closing in on the all-time points. Probably going to get it in like eight or nine games, um, which is going to be a huge milestone. All-Star weekend coming up, trade deadline coming up. Um, just a lot of stuff going on. Anything you guys want to talk about? There's actually two things. The first is I've seen this name being thrown around in trade rumors. Sergi Baca, where do you think he ends up? I don't think anyone wants him. I've seen a couple teams have interest. I mean, he's 34 I heard, I heard years old. I heard, I heard of Mitchell Robinson is out for an extended period, which I think he is, that Ibaka would be the guy the Knicks go for as well. Off the bench, it, it seems like a Lakers move, if anything. Yeah, I could see that. And then I guess the second thing is, so it's widely known, maybe not to everyone, but LeBron James career average twenty seven seven seven. He's never had a game where he finished with that stat line. However, I told you recent, that the other day. Yeah, his recent rebounding surge, he now averages twenty seven eight and seven. That's pretty crazy to jump up a like a number that in year twenty or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like to move to move that by point zero one is actually pretty nuts. Your career averages that for that long. Another crazy LeBron James stat I'll throw out. He has never scored less than ten points in a game, single digits. Giannis did it twice in one week last week or two weeks ago, and LeBron's never done it <clears throat> in a twenty-year career. That's absolutely insane. Like that means he's never <clears throat> that means he's never gotten hurt in terms of like when he was on the court. He's been hurt a lot, but he's never got hurt on the court before scoring 10 points. Imagine like that's just incredible to me. For 20 years, that's insane. Some people don't even average 10 points over a 10-year career. He's never scored less than 10 points. Glenn, no. what about I mean averaging, nine averaging 39 and 7 in year 20? Say that again. He's averaging 39 rebounds, 7 assists in year 20. 39 rebounds a game? Who's doing that? No, no 30, 30 points, 9 rebounds, nine. 7 oh. assists. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Uh, I mean, that's, he's incredible. Like, He is the best athlete in the history of the NBA. It's not a debate. There's no discussion. In the history of the league, there has never been a player like LeBron James in terms of athletic ability, in terms of just being on the court for 20 years and doing it at the highest level, I always give LeBron James that. That's why he is my 1B. Always, and just, you know, just insane. The best player in the history of the NBA next to Michael Jordan. Yeah. So there's also been a lot of talk, and I know Ant and I have talked about this a bit, but um, how do you guys feel about all these NBA players calling out um, highlight culture? Like the whole everyone gets a mixtape, it's all about that, like, you know, like that's unfortunately the world we live in now, and I don't think there's any going back. How do they like? How do they fix it, or what can be done? It's the social media era, but what it's doing is it's actually making scouts' jobs way easier. Whereas 
even just 20 years ago, they had to go find these dudes on their own. Now you just go on social media and see, oh, hello, this guy from this unknown school. And then you go see I think it's making scout jobs harder because everyone has a tape now. You have to watch every single tape, and it's hard to decipher who's good and who's not good when all they're showing are the highlights. Yeah, but I don't I don't think they're looking specifically at just highlights. They're looking, does this person have the measurables? Are they quick? Do they have handles? How tall are they? And then they go based on that. Because if so you're I, like a 5'8 me... dude with a highlight tape, what's going to happen? You're going to be a keel car. Let me just say this. I, this is, when we were kids, you know, when we were in high school, when we were in grade school, this and that, the same thing was going on. There was highlight tapes. It just wasn't on YouTube. It was on a VHS tape. You know what I mean? This has been going on since the 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 modernization of recording. You know what I mean? Since that big Sony freaking handheld camera came out, people were putting up tapes, sending it to teams. This is this has been a thing forever. But social media being what it is today, now it's just more prevalent and it's a lot more easier today. But this has still been going on for years. A so lot no, of no, no, no. You're misunderstanding. So not like highlights. Like we have our own highlights. I'm saying the whole conversation is based on like Hoops mixtape, the number one highlight tape in the country. Yeah. They're accepting like basically bribes now. Yeah. And it's not like you have to go out, buy a VHS, like spend your own time. To, no, it's all at the They're They're fun. saying basically it's not about how good it's basically pay to play. That's the whole highlight culture debate. Um, because all these kids now, you know, there's sixth graders with highlight tapes on fucking hoops mixtape and highlightreels.com. Why are we doing this? Why are there sixth graders being exposed to the whole world? You know what I mean? I mean, but again, that, it's, a scout, it's a scout's job. Should, I so, think like, all their faces should be blurred. These, parents, these parents and coaches could pay these highlight people all this money to put their guy, their kid on or whoever. But it's up to the scouts now to look and see if they're worth it. If they de- if they determine that the kid is worth it, then it's a good thing that their video was out there. But if they fucking give them these, like, if they're paying these guys all this money it's just to get their kid on there, it's like, oh, you're not getting on there because we saw you and you were great. No, your parent gave us $2,000 to put your video highlights on here so that, you know, maybe somebody sees you. I mean, I, I don't think it's... But when they do that, there's kids that are deserving that aren't getting the attention. You know what I mean? Right. But it, then that means that they don't have... They don't I, have I, money. <laughs> I, right. Like, I don't hate to say... I hate to say this, but, like, if your dad wants you to succeed that bad, that he's willing to pay money to get you where he wants you to be or whatever, or you where you want to be, and he's trying to help you... He's I don't, a good dad. Right. That, that, that's all I can say. I don't like, I, I can't fault the dad for wanting that. You got to want the best for your kid. Whatever it takes for your kid to succeed, you have to do it if that's what you want and that's what the kid wants because that's kind of your job as a parent. Hey, here's 5000 I don't care. Take my whole bank account. Make my kid famous. Make, put my kid in. If you're a kid that is not getting the opportunity, I am, I am deeply sorry for you and it sucks, it's, but it's life and it's just something you got to deal with. You're going to have to outplay that kid and hope a scout sees that. You know what I mean? Like you that's what you have to do. You have to play harder, you have to work harder. That's what, you know, all all the famous quotes out there. Derry Jeter said it, Mike Piazza said it. Stop worrying about, you know, uh if people are seeing you, pretend like someone is watching you every second of your 
your life and you and you whatever you want to portray out there, you have to do that. You know what I'm saying? So like I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's definitely like I I mentioning it and stuff like that is a good thing for these players is to do that because maybe it stops it just a little bit, but I'm not going to fault the parents. You know what I mean? I, I can't. How can you fault the parents? You can't. You, you, the people that are paying to get these dudes on, props to them. They they want their guys. They're, they're trying to do everything they can. I would do the same thing for our page, right? Like if someone was like, hey, give me $500 to post our page. We won't post another page that maybe post better stuff. I mean, I know it's a whole different concept, but whatever you got to do to do in this world, you got to do it, you know? I just miss the days where you had to earn the mixtapes. Like, we used to see amazing mixtapes. Like, John Wall, one of the best mixtapes of all time, it's because he was nasty. You know what I mean? It's not because mommy and daddy paid 500 bucks for a highlight reel. I just miss that. Like, you had to earn a mixtape. Austin Rivers, one of the best mixtapes ever. And I'm, that's why I'm glad he was one of the ones that spoke out. Because, and everyone's trash. Like, oh, dude, he sucks in the NBA. He was that guy in high school. He I mean, was nasty. Dad, he he went dad, to Duke. <laughs> I know, but his dad's an NBA coach. Like, he was getting realized no matter what. When you're a son of a coach or an NBA player, you're going to get realized no matter what. No matter what your mixtape is. No, but his mixtape is, like, one of the best ever. And he's one I, of the... He's probably a top 50 high school player of all time. I understand that. I'm just saying you would have saw the mixtape no matter what. Whether he was good or bad. You would have saw it regardless because his dad's a coach. So I don't think that's like the greatest example in terms of like Rivers. No, game. I'm happy that he's calling it out is what I'm saying, because he was one of those dudes who earned a mixtape. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, he never really had a mixtape that I'm aware of, but, you know, it's cool. He calls it out, too, because he speaks his mind. He's actually I like Kyle Kuzma. I wouldn't mind him on Philly. But do you guys have anything else NBA you want to talk about? I'm good. No. All right, perfect. Um, well, uh, for top three this week, let me think here. Have we done top three? Are you a big movie guy? Uh, depends on the genre. Just give me your top three. We'll go horror movies. I know Glenn's a big horror movie guy. Yeah, well, I... Like haven't like I only watched a couple of those, but I'll I'll still go. Um, so I'll go the Omen. That's always a good one with Damien. Yeah. Uh, I'll go Pet Cemetery, but the original one, not the the one that came out recently, like the one from the eighties or whatever. And. I'll go The Exorcist. All right. Glenn, what do you got? All right. So I'm I'm going to pick the movies that scarred me and not like these might necessarily. I know one of them. I know one of them. <laughs> these are not going to be the best storyline movies, but these are the ones where when I watched it, I forgot I was watching a movie and my brain forgot I was watching a movie. So when I went home, I was living the damn experience. Obviously, Blair Witch Project. That movie scarred the shit out of me. And I still, to this day, am never going into the woods. Not once. I don't care. I don't care if my kid gets lost. I don't care if my cat gets lost. Dog. I ain't going into woods. So, screw that. Number two. He'll Paranormal pay for his mixtape, but he won't chase him in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Paranormal Activity. Um, when I watched that movie, 
in the theater, I kept looking in the sky like something was flying around. I went home. Me and my girl didn't sleep with the lights off for two weeks. Two weeks we left the light on. I'm not, I'm not bullshitting. Two weeks, that movie scarred the hell out of me because I didn't, at first we were like, it was like based on a true story or something, right? Right before the movie started. So in my mind, that shit was real. And I do believe in stuff like that. So yeah. And the third one is Chucky, the original Child's Play. Why? Because I, I still to this day will never get a doll like that because I don't trust it. <laughs> I don't just like, Little doll running around with a knife? No, nah, I'm good. I'm staying away from dolls. Unless it's a Pikachu, I don't have any dolls, and I will never have dolls. So, yeah, we're going with that. All right, so um, Blair Witch is also on my list because it also scarred me as a kid. It was disturbing. Um, Paranormal Activity was going to be on my list, but you said that one also. So I'm going to switch over to Insidious. Uh, when that first came out, went and saw yeah. that in theaters, that didn't sit right with me. That scared the living shit out of me. <laughs> I was I was bothered. And then next, I'm going to go Hereditary. Newer one, kind of an indie film, but it won so many awards. It was just a complete mind trip. It was wild. I want to count like us, but I don't consider that real horror. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's not. It, it's more like a thriller. You know, like it, it's a mind fuck instead of like a super horror. But it is... It it's is like scary. a slasher thriller. Yeah, it is scary. I will. It is scary. But um, and when you said Conjuring or whatever, you, Sinister and Sinister and Conjuring. Oh, Sinister, dude. Oh shit. But Ghoul scared the crap out of me when that when those kids were on the film. Uh, uh-uh, uh. That there's just certain movies that like. But there hasn't been a movie like that in so long. Horror, horror has taken such a dive in terms of yeah, like, like 2014 was when it was last good. But like Smile was good. Smile was good, but that, again, um, that was more psychological. You know what I mean? I liked, I liked Antlers. I know you didn't, but I liked it. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I was Hereditary's okay. new. Um, what about Parasite? Monster. Parasite was good. I like Parasite. Um, and then you didn't like Barbarian. I did. Oh my god, it was just weird. Like she's not. She, yeah, it was just weird to me. Yeah, are there any new scary movies coming out that you're looking forward to? There's a couple coming out. Um, I have the unlimited AMC thing where I can go to three movies a week unlimited. So I'll be seeing, you know, whatever. I don't know of any that's coming out, but I know there are some coming out. So we'll let you know as it updates. Perfect. All right, well, what's the, the fact of the week? Okay. There's only two mammals that like spicy food, and that are humans and the tree shrew. Now, if you don't know what a tree shrew is, I need you to look this ugly thing up and look at him, and you'll understand why it likes spicy, because his face looks like he's already eaten spicy food. Like, he is, it's a weird, weird looking animal, and I just, it just doesn't shock me that of the two mammals that like spicy food, uh, this is one of them. Then I just got a little side piece. This isn't super amazing or anything like that, but did you know that rabbits can't puke? Unlike cats or other animals, they cough up hairballs, you know, stuff like that. Rabbits digest too much stuff too quickly to have anything to throw up. And they also bang like crazy. So these things are beasts. They don't throw up. They bang and have a thousand kids out, you know, whatever they want. Uh, rabbits are freaking amazing. So yeah, those are my two facts of the week. Nice. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all we got for you guys this week. So continue to follow along. We'll continue to put out content. 
Um, Glenn, you want to sign us off? Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, we'll be doing a Super Bowl box as we always do. We'll see if we're going to have two or three or one, whatever depends on the interest, but usually they fill up really quick. So if you're listening to this and you want to get the box, hit me up immediately so I can get you in. We don't know if we're going to do $5 a box, $10 a box, $20. We don't know yet. Usually the cheaper, the more people will be involved, obviously. But um, yeah, we'll see. Um, but yeah, we'll do, we'll do, we'll talk some world baseball classic in the next one. We'll talk some hockey in the next one. Um, you know, college. the base college March Madness is, you know, right around the corner. And, um, so is the MLB start of the season opening day is, you know, uh, 64 days away. So we'll talk about that, you know, another time, but thank you guys for listening and we will see you guys in the next one.